from 1 John chapter 5. And the words will appear on the screen. Therefore, Jesus said again, truly, I t- very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Joshua, come on up. We've got very similar shoes. Yes. <laughs> you're, le- you're, you're learning from me yes. about fashion. Fashion, you've got a waistcoat yeah. on today. Keep your stomach in. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, just, okay. Let's pray for Joshua as he brings God's word to us. Lord God, I just thank you mm. for Joshua. I thank you for his mind, but I also thank you for his heart. Mm. And I just thank you that you have spoken to him in his preparation. I just pray that you will speak to us through what he shares this morning. I just pray that by your Holy Spirit you will take what is just human and mm. give it that divine uh, extra, mm. that boost that, we, that Joshua needs and we need so much. So speak clearly to us with mm. Joshua we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks so much Martin. And I should just say uh, it's great to have our pastor back, isn't it? It's wonderful. Yes. Great. <laughs> Martin, welcome back. Uh, really, uh, really great to see you again. And uh, also on the theme of welcome, um, I'd like to welcome uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Henrikus, Henrikus Zhukauskas from Lithuania. Uh, Henrikus is one of the... Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> uh, Henrikus is a good friend of mine. His, his, uh, his dad actually was a cabinet minister in the Lithuanian government. And uh, Henrik has had a very significant and fruitful ministry in his own right uh, as one of the leaders of the Lithuanian Baptist Union. He's come to do some teaching at Spurgeon's College this week. So Henrik, it's great to uh, welcome you to Hawley Baptist Church this morning. And of course, we also welcome uh, Isabella and her wonderful family and friends. So a very warm welcome uh, to you as well. So the gospel of life, this is... Our theme, our title for this morning. I've got my um, uh, my notes on my phone. You know, my phone is a it's a Christian phone, so it's not uh, it's not a contract phone. It's pray as you go. Um, okay, never mind. <laughs> That's the first of one or two rubbish jokes this morning. So you have been you have been warned. So um, okay, so the gospel of life. If I were to ask you the question, are you alive, then hopefully most of you would answer yes. yes. (laughs) 
Okay, so that's a fairly easy question. But what if I were to ask you a slightly trickier question? What is it that you are alive to? Or what is it that you're alive for? So what's the purpose of your life? That's a bit trickier, isn't it? And it might just be, you know, as the pop song says, you know, you try to make ends meet, you're a slave to the money, then you die, for those who know the verb from the 1990s. Or John Lennon, uh, who asked us to imagine that there's no heaven, and it's easy if you try, no hell below us, above us only sky. But is there anything more to life than this? Well, it probably doesn't surprise you. I think there is. And I think that the gospel, so the gospel, the word for the good news about Jesus, I think the gospel of Jesus offers us a doorway into the kind of life that is life indeed. Life in all of its richness, in all of its fullness, in its depth and abundance. And so what is this good news? What is this gospel that Jesus came to bring to the world? And is it still true? And not only is it still true, is it still relevant? Well, I think the message of Jesus is as relevant today as it ever has been at any other time. And the reason is because the message that Jesus came to bring, the gospel, is a message about life. And the gospel is a gospel of life. So the good news of Jesus begins with a promise of new life. And when we give our lives to Jesus, we experience the inbreaking of a completely new reality about life. And today we're celebrating a life that is barely two years old and in fact it's a double celebration today for Isabella because we've uh, we've dedicated her life to God this morning uh, but also she celebrates her second birthday she's going to be two on Tuesday so at this point I feel like breaking out into happy birthday but I think we can just give her a round of applause so she's going to be two what wouldn't some of us give to be two again um <laughs> I can swap with Isabella. I'd gladly swap my 30-odd years for being two again. But Isabella's life is a gift. And it's a gift of God. Not only to her family and to her friends, it's a gift for all of us. Because it's an opportunity for all of us to rededicate our lives to God this morning. And Isabella's life has really only just begun and what an amazing journey she has ahead of her and our prayer for her today as a church is that God would put the seal of his spirit upon her life and that he would protect and nurture and inspire her and we also pray that God would grant her the fullness of life and that he would realize all the amazing plans that he has for her, as was prayed this morning, plans to prosper, not to harm, plans to give her a future and a hope. And so this dedication today, it's an opportunity for us as a church to pray for Isabella and for the whole family, 
But as we dedicate Isabella, as we celebrate this miracle of a, a, a new young life, it's also an opportunity for us to rededicate our lives to God today. And for those who haven't dedicated themselves to God, it's an opportunity to learn what it means to be alive to Christ. Not just to exist, but to be alive, to be alive for Christ. And I think in all of my years of being a Christian, I think I've been a Christian for about as long as I can remember. And I've tried most of my life to understand, you know, what is the good news? What's the essential message of the gospel and of Christianity? And I think that in my experience, the best way to understand the gospel is to understand it as Jesus' invitation to life. And Jesus invites us to experience a total transformation of our lives by immersing ourselves in the fullness of his love and his grace. I really wish I'd known this truth a little bit earlier in my life. Maybe even when I was a child. I think I might have mentioned to some of you uh, previously that... um, When I was a child, I was horrifically bullied at school. And um, the other children at school, they used to call me names. They used to say, oi, names, get over here. Okay, never mind. They didn't really. Um, It's just a bad joke. Uh, But but seriously, I was was quite badly bullied at school. And um, I was going to ask if anyone had an interesting nickname at school. I asked a couple of people before the service began. Uh, Most people just said, no, I was just called my name. Um, But Martin, I think you you had a nickname at school, was it? uh, Merv. Merv. Okay, Martin, for for whatever reason, which we won't go into, uh, was uh, was called Merv. And uh, I had a really interesting nickname at school. I'm going to tell you about this in just a moment. Um, But I think there were three main reasons why I was bullied at school. So firstly, I was always the shortest in the class, which probably didn't help. Uh, Secondly, I was a bit of a swat, uh, a bit of a teacher's pet uh, at school, which again uh, didn't help at all. And um, I think thirdly and most significantly, I was a Christian. And uh, the problem was, the problem wasn't just that the other children in the school were unkind or cruel. Uh, I think a lot of the bullying, to some extent, I have to admit, was self-inflicted. Um, because I know that you, can't, you won't be able to believe this, but I was actually quite an obnoxious uh, little child. I know you, you, know, you, you can't believe that. Can you? No, don't answer that question. Um, let's move on. Um, so, I was quite an obnoxious little religious fundamentalist. I tried to convert my whole class to Christianity, trying to preach the gospel uh, to my class. And uh, I was the only Christian uh, in my year group at school. And uh, I kept saying that my classmates, they needed to, to give their lives to Jesus. They needed to repent of their sins. And I used to almost, uh, almost literally whack them over the head with a Bible. And, um, and of course, when inevitably they didn't listen to me, but I just said, well, that's, uh, that's your problem. You're just going to go to hell. Um, probably not the best evangelization strategy uh, in the world. And uh, I think as a 12 or 13 year old, I, um, I probably didn't know any better. 
Uh, but anyway, I got, I got bullied at school and my parents, they just happened to find out by chance about the bullying. Because I remember at one Christmas we were sitting around the, um, uh, the table as a, an extended family and the conversation got on to nicknames that we were given at school. And I remember my granny, she went around you know, the, the whole of the table asking all of her grandchildren what their nicknames were at school. And so she asked my brother, and my brother, because his surname uh, is Searle, and he had big, long, black, curly hair, he was called at school Curly Whirly Surly. That was his, that was his nickname um, at school. And uh, then, you know, my, my, my granny got to my other cousin, and her name, her nickname at school was Lolly Dolly, because her name was Laura Louise, uh, and she was into dolls and all this sort of thing. And then my granny got round to me, and then she said, um, she said, well, Joshua, what's your nickname at school? And so I told her, I said, well, granny, my nickname at school is Religious Bastard. That was my nickname at school. Sorry to profane the pulpit with a a bad word. That's just the, the word that they... Uh, that they used uh, to describe me. And um, I think for the first time in her life, my granny, who was a bit of a chatterbox, uh, she was totally speechless. And uh, she immediately went to have a word with my mum and dad. And they were oblivious. I hadn't told them um, about uh, my nickname at school. And anyway, to cut a long story short, that was the Christmas. Uh, by the, um, by the, the, the following Easter, I was already... Uh, put in a, um, a different school, and my grandparents, God bless them, uh, actually partly remortgaged their house to be able to pay for this, uh, uh, this amazing school that I was able to go to. And had it not been for this excellent new school, then I would never have had the opportunity to study at Oxford University, which would have meant that I would never have been to uh, study in Prague, and I would never have met Vardui um, in Prague. I would never have ended up working at Spurgeon's College, which would mean I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here in, in Hawley today. So if you want someone to blame uh, for me being here today, then um, please thank or blame the bullies at Wooler Junior School in Northumberland uh, for giving me the nickname. Uh, but I give thanks to God. I, give, I even give thanks to God for the bullies because they intended the insult to harm me, but God used it for his good. But I'm, when I look back and reflect on that experience, I'm thinking more recently whether I could have been a little bit more gracious in my attempts. At the time, I just thought I was persecuted for righteousness' sake and I was, you know, all kind of self righteous. But I'm looking back and reflecting and I'm thinking maybe I could have been a little bit more gracious in the way that I spoke about the gospel. Perhaps I could have tried to win my classmates through gentleness. Maybe I could have spoken more gracefully about God's love and about the new life that Jesus offers us rather than trying to whack people over the head with a Bible with threats of hell and damnation. And when I think about my own life, when I think about how I became a Christian, then it was about learning, through, learning about Jesus' message of life. I got to know Christians who weren't particularly religious. 
They were just ordinary people who were going about their ordinary lives, living generously, living openly, and they just lived in a way that showed me the reality of the gospel. They showed me that they were alive to the presence of God in their life. And they weren't particularly we- they weren't weird or religious. This is often the perception that people have in the in, in the world about us Christians. We're just weird. We use this weird religious language. But we simply need to be alive to the presence of Christ in the world and to live ordinary lives of grace and love and generosity. I think it's important for us to emphasize that Jesus came to bring life. Jesus didn't come to bring us a load of religion. Jesus came that we might have life and life in all of its fullness, in all of its abundance. And Jesus leads us into a totally different kind of life. And when we come to faith in Jesus, we gain a totally new perspective on life, don't we? Totally new perspective. We begin to see the world with completely new eyes, through the eyes of faith. The Bible says that when we give our lives to Jesus, God transforms us into a new creation. A new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. It's total transformation. And the theological word that's used to describe this kind of divine life is salvation. That's the theological word. Jesus promises that by sacrificing his life on the cross, God forgives us all of the bad stuff that we have ever done in our lives. And the theological word for this bad stuff is sin. So the death of Jesus on the cross pays for our past sins. So every bad thing that we've said, every bad thing that we've done, regardless of how long ago it happened, all of our sins are wiped away, clean. It's gone, and it's gone forever. But if the death of Jesus deals with our sin, our past sin, then the resurrection deals with with the issue of death. So, with the resurrection, death itself dies. And Jesus defeats death once and for all. And this is the essential good news of the gospel. Death does not have the final say in a human life. Life has the final say. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, then what awaits you when you die is not death, nothingness, and oblivion. What awaits you is eternal life, fullness of life in the presence of God. And the point is that the whole message of Christianity is essentially about life. We can't speak about the gospel in an abstract way. It's always a gospel of life, the gospel that, as it's applied to real life. And more specifically, the gospel is about the conquest, the victory of life over death. And you'll discover, especially if you immerse yourself in John's gospel, that Christ came preaching a gospel of life. You'll see this word life, it's repeated throughout the gospel on literally every single page. God is the God of the living. Jesus is the way, the truth 
and the life. So the gospel, the essential good news about Christianity is that if we want to experience life, true life in all of its fullness and depth, then the only one who can lead us to this place of life is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And Jesus shows us the way to a completely new kind of life. A life of love, a life of joy, a life of peace. And Jesus teaches us that a person's life does not consist in the abundance of the stuff that they possess or that they own. The Gospel explains why despite all of the advances in technology and science and all of our material abundance today, people today are living in spiritual poverty. I explained when I was preaching, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, um, I tried to explain that we're constantly being bombarded by temptations, you know, to buy stuff, stuff that we don't need, like um, hair products or flashy cars or fancy shoes or handbags and all the latest gadgets and we're constantly giving all these elaborate false promises you know if you wear this perfume you'll become like Cheryl Cole or Kate Moss Um, I've used up the whole bottle now and it still hasn't happened you know so I think I need to get my money back I need to claim my uh, my refund but the point is that none of these things despite all the elaborate promises none of these things can bring us life They can bring us temporary pleasure and momentary happiness, but they can't bring us life. And sooner or later, we'll realize that we can, we we can't fill the deep existential void at the heart of our souls by cluttering our lives with mountains of consumer tat. And in the end, we realize that we're only human. And that if we do not have God, then we have nothing. If we don't have God, we have nothing. And we certainly don't have life. We might exist, but we're not truly alive. Our spirits are not alive to the presence of God. So Jesus shows us a completely different way to finding truth, to finding meaning in life. And Jesus comes and he demonstrates that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus gives to us a gift that is precious and priceless beyond words. This is the gift of life. This is the gift of salvation. And in the New Testament, the words salvation and life, they mean essentially the same thing in the way that Jesus used them. Salvation and life, they belong together. And this is the most priceless gift that we can ever receive in our lives. This is a gift that we can't buy in the Debenhams sale. This is a gift that we can't even buy from Amazon.co.uk or from Tesco's, regardless of how many club card points we might have. This is a priceless and precious gift that only Jesus can give to us. 
And the world which Jesus reveals to us, the world which Jesus makes accessible to us, is a world of eternal life in the spirit of the living God. And God, you know, God wants to fill the whole world with his presence. God wants to fill the whole world with his divine life. God wants to give us the gift of his life. And he invites everyone, every single person, to share in the life of his son, Jesus Christ. And he's inviting everyone, even today, he's inviting you, all of us this morning, to participate in the life of his son. And everyone belongs to God. Everyone belongs to God. Whoever you are, you belong to God. Whether you realize it or not, you belong to God and today God wants to give you the precious gift of life and salvation in his Son. And did you know that, this is my final point, you and I are eternal, unceasing, spiritual beings. That there's more to life than just organic Processes. Life is a spiritual reality. And you and I are eternal, unceasing spiritual beings with an eternal destiny in God's plan, God's great plan for the salvation of the world. I think it's only when we grasp this basic truth of the gospel that our lives are infused with meaning and purpose and depth and reality. And thankfully, by God's grace, despite my failing efforts at school when I was called religious, mm -mm, I think that thankfully since then, God has given me the opportunity not just to to grasp this essential truth, but also to share it uh, with whoever is prepared to listen, like my poor students at Spurgeon's College, or perhaps even my uh, beloved brothers and sisters here at Holy Baptist Church this morning. So please be encouraged. Be encouraged to go out into the world with the good news, with the gospel of Christ, the gospel of new life, the gospel of salvation. You know that it's never too late to rededicate our lives to God. It's never too late to ask Jesus Christ, even for the first time, to give us his precious gift of life. Regardless of whether we're the age of Isabella, or regardless of whether we're the age of... No, don't worry, I'm not going to say anyone. Um, (laughs) Or regardless of whether you're my age, or even if you're a little bit older, regardless of your age, what matters is that you devote yourself, dedicate your life to God, and it's never too late And in fact, for all of us, regardless of how old we are, for all of us, because of Jesus, the journey into life has only just begun.